Well, praise the Lord. Well, we've got our special guest with us this morning, Pastor Wynn Goss from the UK. Uh, I don't know if everybody has been here before when he's ministered, or if you don't know him, he's a great man. Uh, he's Welsh. Uh, we won't hold that against him. Uh, he's taken me to the Alamo before, and there's a Welsh flag flying there because there was a Welshman that fought in the Alamo, and so therefore, you know, uh, he claims part of Texas, and so... Uh, uh, but he's a great guy, uh, great pastor, great minister, and uh, we get to be blessed with him this morning. So, Pastor Wynn, come on up this morning. Y'all give him a hand clap. Thank you. But Gwen doing this to me one day, and I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm turning you on. I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she suddenly realized what she said, you know. <laughs> Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. So great to be here. You know, uh, and I want to begin by, I spoke to Gwenda this morning. She said, please, please, please make sure you send my greetings to everybody and apologize that I can't be here again. This is the, oh, okay. Um, she just uh, apologized. I think it's the second year she's not been here, right? Yeah, second year she's not been here because we have. If you, if you, any, any of you are friends of ours on Facebook, you'll see um, my daughter blessed us with a grandson two years ago, and and then six months later blessed us with telling us we're going to have him to look after because <laughs> she's going back to work, you know. And uh, and so it was the greatest joy to have him, but trying to run a ministry, a home, and look after him is just. A real challenge, and the only way we can do it is for me to travel on my own. So Gwen hasn't, I think she, I just said she has been with me twice in a whole year, and that's because it was just up the road in, uh, in one of our spiritual sons and daughters' churches in England. So she'd love to be here, but she's here in spirit, she's praying for us, and she'll watch this whenever it goes out on YouTube. She tells me that she, she watches uh, the church when I'm traveling, she gets to look at Everything here and all the faith that you pour out and all the love you pour out is affecting her. So um, I don't know if you got one of these as you came in, but if you didn't, I'd really ask you, to, at the, the door, both doors, there are some there. Um, <clears throat> I think I, I told most of you a year ago, the Lord suddenly launched us last year. But a, a, a total miracle, a total miracle that in, within a just a... A couple of weeks, we suddenly ended up thinking and dreaming about having a, a television ministry, because that's what the, we felt the Holy Spirit was telling us. And, and just a few weeks later, we had one. We had a whole full-blooded, excuse me, this is just not sitting right somewhere. It, uh, a whole-blooded television studio was given to us, blessed us. You know, people just from all over the world heard something about this from the Holy Spirit and started sending us money to to purchase a TV studio, and we thought we were just going to have a list and one camera, a little tripod, and just do a basic TV program, you know, like you can do with your phones. And all of a sudden, within about three or four weeks, we had BBC quality, we had CNN quality cameras, we had, we had the same programs and computers that they made Shrek with. We've got the same, I'm not joking, we've got the same level of quality that Hollywood has. 
It was as if the Lord said, no, 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 I don't want you to do basic. I want you to have the very best of the very best of the very best for the gospel. And so it took, us, <laughs> it took us about nine months to get used to the programs because they were so incredible. I mean, you can't believe what you can do with these computers now. And uh, so Matthew, my son, had a bit of training on it a few years back. So he was getting in. But we spent hours and hours just filming stuff and, and editing and to, just to get used to the equipment. And, but the equipment just kept growing and, and growing and growing. And then we launched the first program, if I remember rightly. It was either the last days of January this year or the first couple of days of February was the first time we actually put out a proper program. All the others had been little adverts and bits and pieces just to, to see how to do it. But the first program went out in February. I, I want you to know since I've been here, we've gone through the 300 barriers of people signing up to, to become part of the Bible College. 300 pastors and leaders around the, around the world and we're talking about people in India, furthest reaches of India and in Africa, out in the middle of nowhere. One pastor in Siberia is 400 miles away from the nearest church. So the only fellowship he has is us. And anything else he can find, you know. So um, your offerings and your prayers and your faith have gone to make that happen. And I said on Wednesday... You know, when, when you die and you go to be with the Lord in heaven, you're going to walk through the door and your first shock is going to be the amount of people waiting to see you. And yes, it'll be your mothers and your fathers, your brothers and sisters and other people that have been close to you. But behind them is going to be a wall of faces, a sea of faces that you don't even know who they are, but they're all going to come up to you and say, thank you. You don't know who I am, but... You poured money into an Ivan Tate, a ministry called Ivan Tate and Wynne Goss and Robert Richards and whoever else. You poured that ministry in and those people managed to get through to me and that's how I got saved. That's how I got baptized in the Spirit. That's how God healed me and called me to the ministry. Just a few years ago, I, I, I was in a meeting, just an ordinary meeting. I just standing there and somebody walked up to me and said, uh, I've known of you for over 25 years. And I knew the first, I knew him, I'd seen him in meetings, I didn't know that, that much about him. But now he was the leader of the biggest network of leaders in the whole of the country. And I said, how are you? And he said, I just feel led to tell you, we got called into the ministry because of you. He said, we were at our home in the middle of Wales and we were just worshipping God and we were feeling this, can possibly be, God be calling us as young people into the ministry? And he said, Lord, if it's you, tell us. And he said, and all of a sudden, the music on our CD machine changed and your song came on. And it was a song that they related to the call of the, the gospel, to preach the gospel to every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And he said, we said yes, and the power of God hit us. And look what's happened. So he said, you take a, you have some of the fruit in all that God is doing across the country in this network. He had no idea that morning. It was one of those mornings I felt like giving up. It was. It was one of those mornings I just felt, I think I'll just go stack some shelves on a supermarket. Because I just didn't feel. I, didn't feel, I, I felt one of those mornings, does it make any difference what we're doing? And the Lord said, yes. 
And sometimes you don't know when you give your offerings into an offering basket, you sometimes think, does it make any difference? Because you don't even see the results, do you? You can't see the results that's happening where we are. We can tell you stories, but it doesn't have that same impact. But one day in heaven, you'll see. Can I just show those photographs? I'm going to introduce you to three now. You don't know them, but this is Gregory and Catherine, a young couple who just launched out in ministry. And our ministry, TV ministry, impacted them so much that they started a, a Bible school and they're now reaching a little town in the middle of Belgium with the gospel and they're sending ministries out across Europe and they're going into Africa and into India and holding huge crusades. And you wouldn't know who Gregory is, but Gregory is feeding on our, on our programs. And he's writing back question after question, saying, I've never heard anything like this in my life. Next one. So you're affecting Belgium. Raju, aha. <laughs> if we could just meet him today, he'd break our hearts. He lives in a ramshackled hut. Water pouring through. So much in the winter, the water was pouring through. He, pour, he, he never, ever asked us for anything. And he just said, Pastor Wynn, is there any way you can help? I said, well, gosh, that looks like a huge problem. How much? <laughs> it worked out $300 to give him a new roof on his house. <laughs> so we did. And at Christmas, we fed his whole community and gave people blankets. He's, he's out in the middle of nowhere in the southeast of India, and he's ministering to over 20 villages. And so he is going there. It takes him a day to travel to some of these, these places, and he preaches the gospel and has started little cell groups and small groups of, uh, of Christians in a really Hindu area. He's persecuted, and they're perse persecuted, but he has a love for Jesus, and he never begs, never asks for money. But I know he needs it, and so every now and again we try to believe it. Right now, that bike has just collapsed, so if you want to pray for him, yeah, he said again. So I said, well, how much does a new one cost? And he said, oh, Pastor Wind, lots, 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 oh, lots, 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 lots. I said, come on, how much? He said, oh, oh, oh. so he sent me how much it was in rupees. It was $1,000. $1,000 to reach 26 cities or villages in, in India. Next one. You're affected. He listens to our programs every single week. Feeds on them, has our teaching material, go to him. And, and this is Peter. He's in the middle of Kenya. You can see where he is. He's in the rural areas. He's out in there holding tent crusades and, and is an evangelist. And he is just reaching the unreached masses of people in Kenya, leading them to Jesus. And then he starts cell groups and Bible classes just to teach them the word of God. And, and he, again, he's one of those that, if there's any way you can help, Pastor Wynn, is it, can you send Bibles? We need Bibles. I said, okay, how much is a Bible? It worked out a dollar, I think, for a whole Bible to, to give them away. So that's what you sow into. And, and sometimes you don't understand that. And, of course, they're not here this morning. But if they were here this morning, I know Peter would say, thank you. He'd probably say it with tears running down his face because we have no idea the situations they're in. I know Raju would probably be on his knees kissing your feet because he's so humble, he's so sweet, so kind. And if you gave him $1,000, he'd probably want to give 900 of it away, straight away, 
to do something. He's just one of those, he wants to feed someone, help someone, and, and Peter would be here. And he, he probably wouldn't get me up here to preach because he wouldn't stop. <laughs> but he'd find some way to preach a message to you to say thank you because they're not here for, you, for them to say thank you. Man. There's a work to be done. And the more you've helped us, the more we can help them, the quicker the job gets done. Sometimes we look at the church and we get discouraged. Sometimes we don't see the power flow like we read in the Bible and heard about in revivals and discourages us. But see what you can see. Look what is happening. Don't just look at what's not happening. Look at what is happening. God has given us TV, radio, the internet, satellites. He's given us mobile phones, iPads, and computers, all for the glory of Jesus, all for us to be able to reach people we'd never be able to reach and to be able to equip them with the gospel so that they can do their work more effectively. And the more we equip others, the more they equip others who equip others and equip others. And the quicker we do that, the more we do that, the quicker the job's done and the quicker Jesus will return. And I promise you, the more we focus on that, the more the power and the more the miracles will take place. Because he says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto you. We want the power first and then we'll go. No, no, go and then the power will follow you. And I'm preaching better than your amen in already. Amen. Thank you, Frankie. You made me feel really blessed this morning by sharing. Turn with me quickly. I, I have a word that's been sitting in my spirit for two weeks. And I knew when I got it, it was for here. So um, I've never preached it. They always say you should never preach a message without testing it in your own congregation first. So I don't have an own congregation, so I'm keeping you as my own congregation. You're my family, so I'm testing it on you. So if you don't respond really good, I'm going to feel really bad. <laughs> so I need you to respond really good, so I think it's really bad, even if it's not. Uh, really good, even if it's not, okay? Just make me feel good. Proverbs 10, 22. And I'm going to use just a few verses of Scripture. You know them very well. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Let me just say what it actually says. The blessing, the liberal prosperity, the benediction of the Lord makes one rich, accumulative, growing, increasing, and he adds no sorrow or painful toil or adultery with it. When God gives you something, it's good. When God gives you something, it's of no harm. When man gets it to you, sometimes it can destroy you. So chasing after worldly wealth the way the world tells you to do it is going to cause you problems. But when you believe it, from God, when you believe for the richness of God to come into your life, when you believe something from God in His Word, I promise you, you'll end up, instead of serving it, it will serve the purposes of God, of why God has blessed you with that. Shout amen. This word, the blessing, I'm going to talk on why we are blessed to be a blessing, or being blessed to be blessed. That's not a new message. But I just feel it's relevant today to this congregation. I don't know why that is. It's, a, it's specifically for someone. It's a, specifically for a lot of people. It's specifically for this congregation and this ministry. Uh, but, but I believe it's specifically for this season in your life. I believe at the end of this, 
God is going to release an anointing for this to start taking place in a way you've been waiting for for years. And I'm saying that with all humility. I'm saying it with a fear and trepidation of being wrong. I stand here with weakness. There's a part of me that says, God, don't do this to me. I hate it. This is 100% right or 100% wrong. I am. I'm trying. This word blessing is, is the Hebrew word barakau, and it means literal, liberal prosperity. How many of you know what prosperity is? You know, it, 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 okay, we're not just talking about money, we're talking about prosperity. You know, to prosper in health is great, huh? To prosper in your soul and have joy unspeakable and to always be at peace. That's prosperity. Wouldn't you like that? I mean, all the money in the world is not going to give you that. But, I'm, I, but if you don't want your money, give it to me. I'll take it. I got all the peace. I got all the joy. I can handle it. But if you don't have the peace and you don't have the joy and you don't have the, the grace going on in your life the way God intends it, what will happen is you can have great wealth suddenly hit you, and it destroys you, and it makes you more anxious than you were before you had it. And I've heard millionaires tell me, I wish I was poor, because I was more at peace and joyful when I didn't have. Now i got the stress of what to do with it. And I used to say to them, just sign a check. Just <laughs> sign the check. Give it to me. I know exactly what to do with it. And I would. I'd know exactly what to do with it. I'd enjoy it for a start. <laughs> but I'd use it for its godly intended purpose. It's to get the gospel to people. It's to get the message of the kingdom wherever it needs so the whole world can hear this great word I'm going to share with you now. Not the specific message, the sermon, the message behind the message. Okay. It means liberal prosperity. Whoa, so if prosperity is fantastic, what on earth is liberal prosperity? God doesn't just want you to prosper. He wants to liberally prosper you. Oh, I'm going to do an Ivan take. I'm going to turn this way. <laughs> he wants you to prosper so much you don't know what to do with it. In every area, not just money. In every area. Wouldn't it be so fantastic? Healing is working so much in you that you, you just can't understand why anyone could be sick. Yeah. And so you just turn with faith and just say, let me pray for you. Bang. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to have liberal anointing to see everyone saved? Yeah. Isn't it fantastic to have an anointing where God says, you know, that you've got so much anointing, you're going to see three people saved this year. And you go, oh, wow. Well, I haven't seen anyone saved in three years, so that's fantastic. But then he says, but I could also give you liberal anointing, which means the whole of Utopia, the whole of Southern Texas can get saved in the next 12 months. Amen. That's liberal prosperity. That's liberal anointing. Hello? Imagine having liberal joy that you walk in a room full of grief, sadness, miserableness, criticism, judgmentalism. And as you walk in, two minutes later, everyone's rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> everyone's rejoicing. And everyone's speaking kind. Wouldn't you want that sort of liberal anointing? Well, let me think about it. I can see some of you. One. I'm not sure I can handle too much joy. <laughs> the word barakow, that Hebrew word for blessing, comes from the root word barak. This is wonderful. Watch this. I'm, I'm laying a platform so I can just flow in it. Barak is the Hebrew word which 
means to stretch out your hand. Sometimes it means to kneel and stretch out. Sometimes it just means to stretch out your hands in worship. It's one of the seven major words in the Old Testament for worship. And it means to stretch out your hands and bless. Now, in worship, you're blessing God. Isn't it amazing that you could come in this room or get up tomorrow morning? You can be in the middle of a chicken coop. It doesn't make a difference. You don't have to be in a church building. You can be anywhere in the world. And you can just stop what you're doing and you can lift up your hands and start to bless God. And God receives it. You can actually bless God. Do you know you bless me? You don't have to give anything to me this morning. You just bless me. That man blesses me. I can feel as low, empty, not sure what's going on. Two minutes on a conversation with him, and I feel like I can take the world on. Because he's liberally anointed with faith. He just has the ability to do that to you. You know, and don't get me wrong, I'm not always in a hole. But there are times in the ministry you feel like either killing someone or yourself. You just feel like that sometimes. You just, everything can get at you, you know. And, and, but I can tell you now, even if I'm in faith, two minutes on a phone call with Pastor Robert, and I'm more of faith. Because he's liberally filling it and he releases it. And when he does that, he hasn't given me. He hasn't given me an offering. He hasn't said, I'm sending, I don't know, I'm putting in May right now, I'm sending this to you to bless you. No, no. Just being him blesses me. <laughs> I can feel, you know, he looks at me and just looks with those eyes and just smiles, you know, and that beard, the hat, you know, he just, just looks at you and it makes a smile what come to my face. Because I am blessed by him being. He doesn't have to do anything. He blesses me just being himself. I have a grandson, Elijah, I just told you. He can walk through the door. His mother can put him on the floor and he can walk in and he just, sometimes he just stands there and just looks at me. And he just smiles. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't do anything. Just stands there and looks at me. And I almost, I want to empty my pockets straight away. I want to give him whatever he wants. I want to do whatever he wants to do. You want to play? I want to play. You want to go somewhere? I want to go somewhere. No matter how busy I am, I want to. He just blesses me. It says of Jesus, when John baptized him, Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and the audible voice of God came upon him and said, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Just, Jesus hasn't done nothing. He's just been a man. But being who he is has blessed the Father and said, you know what? You bless me so much. I'm going to audibly speak so everybody knows how I feel about you. Do you know this morning when you woke up, God was looking at you, and he was so happy to see you. You bless him this morning just being. You bless him this morning just because you smile. Isn't it amazing? You can bless him in worship by raising your hands and speaking. Because the word barak means to stretch out your hands and speak well of. To speak well of. It blesses me when people speak well of me. It humbles me sometimes, but it blesses me too. It blesses me when people walk up to me for no reason and just begin to speak. I was in a meeting the other day in, in Wales, in, in a city called Swansea, minding my own business, and the lady in front of me overheard somebody talking to me and said, win, and just mentioned my name. 
And she turned around in a flash and she said, are you Wingos? I said, yeah, didn't know her. Didn't have a clue who she was. I said, yes, I am. And she took her hand out, I guess, to shake my hand. And I just shook her hand and she said, can I just say thank you? I said, thank you for what? She said, thank you for your teaching. She said, I've never heard anything like it. I come from an area, nobody is preaching that stuff. And she said, it is life, it's been a life-changing thing for me to receive it. I looked at her, I said, I'm sorry. I said, have we met? Have you been in a meeting or something? Have I come to your area? She said, oh, no, no, we've never met. I've never been to your meetings at all. I said, well, how? <laughs> how am I, is the Lord blessing you through my teaching? And she said, your TV programs. I said, are you on our list? And she said, no. She said, but a friend of mine is on your list, and she sends me your video programs. Amen. And that's what's happening. That's why we have people all over the world. We have people in China every week tuning into the TV programs. We have people in India, Siberia, Nepal, Tibet, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Indonesia, the world's largest in, uh, Muslim country. We have people in the, the farthest reaches of, uh, of the, the, the world, from Iceland to Tasmania. Because people are sending my emails out so that their friends can watch it. So it's just going all over the world. This lady was blessing me by stretching out her hands and saying thank you. She didn't need to do that. She could have just thought, oh, I won't say anything to him. I'll just thank you, Jesus. But she didn't. She bothered to turn around and say thank you. In a sense, that was Barak in operation. If she'd have turned at that point and said, would you pray for me? I tell you what would happen. God would have seen the blessing increase in her life. Because what you bless, you receive the blessing from. If you bless God, you receive blessing back. Hello? Because the word blessing, oh, no, I don't want to tell you. I want to wait. Ah. You cannot pronounce a blessing if you are not full of the blessing. Because the blessing is the overflow of who you are. You're blessing because you are blessed. The more you are blessed, the more you will bless. The more you understand you're blessed, the more you will understand how to release the blessing. The more you understand what the blessing is for, the more you want to release the blessing and expect to see the miracles happen when you bless. Because that's why you are blessed. You're blessed to bless. You're blessed to be a blessing. No, no, no. Not you, but the blessing that's in you is supposed to bless others. And the miracles it does for you, it will do for everyone you bless. Oh, but God hasn't just given you the blessing so that you can bless a person. He's given you the blessing so you can bless anything. Oh. Okay. Okay, turn with me, Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, if he's blessed, I can receive a blessing. If he's blessed, I can receive a blessing. If he's not blessed, I can't. You can't give anybody something you haven't got. But you know what? You can give something you don't know you have, too. You can not know the level of blessing you got, and God in his infinite mercy can still flow through you, but he'd like you to know how much you're blessed. And he'd like you to know the measure of what you're blessed with. And he'd like you to know why you're blessed. And he'd like you to know what to do with that blessing. And he'd like you to actually understand it so that you can say, my God, give me somebody to bless. Give me something to bless. 
If I was a person that I knew I had such an anointing for miracles that if I just prayed for anyone, they would get a miracle, guess what I would be looking for? A hospital. I'd be looking for anyone that's sick. I would be standing on the street corner waiting for someone to walk past because I would just want to release the blessing. Oh, no, no, no. You have to preach the gospel. You can do that after. Get them healed and they believe you. Okay. I'm going to focus on Frankie because the rest of you are killing me. <laughs> blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. How much? With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It, that does not mean the, the blessings are in the heavenly places. It means we're in the heavenly places blessed. So we're blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus and we are seated in the heavenly places. What for? To rule, to reign and to release the blessing. We are above, not below. We're the head, not the tail. We are blessed with every blessing so that we can pronounce his blessing. And the words coming out, this, this is not original, this is Reinhard Bonker as far as I know. The words coming out of your mouth are no different than the words coming out of God's mouth. Because all you're doing is reproducing his words. And if you speak what he speaks, the same thing will happen when you speak as if he spoke. He has brought you and I into his business, which is to bless. God loves to bless people. He sees you this morning and is hanging on the edge of the balcony of heaven, as it were, full of faith. He's happy as can be to see Frankie this morning as I am. And he wants to leap out and bless him. Because that's the father. I want to leap. I want to stop whatever I'm doing when my grandson walks through the door. I just want to bless him. I just want to be with him. I just want to run with him. I want to tumble on the floor with him. I want to roll him around and around. I want to play Lego with him. I want to go in the garden with him. I want to get soaked with him. I want to go swimming with him. I want to just be with him. And when he says, Dad, I go, yes. I don't even know what the question is. Yes. Because he blesses me, I want to bless him back. Yeah. And you came in this morning, some of you, and you just, glory to God. Bless the worship over. Now we get the word. You missed the whole thing. The only reason he wants you here is to bless you. The only reason he says, would you stop what you're doing? Just, just turn your face towards me, because when you smile at me, you bless me. So first thing in the morning, tomorrow morning, whatever time it is, open those eyes and big, that big smile, even if you haven't got your teeth in. <laughs> just smile and say, Papa, I love you. And you'll put a smile on the face of God, and before you know where you are, you'll walk out of that house knowing and expecting a blessing is about to happen. Because everywhere you go, he wants to bless you. In every season of your life, he wants to bless you. In every circumstance, he's looking to, to get the blessing to flow in you and to flow through you. Someone shout amen. amen. The Greek word here 
for blessing, because it's, it's in the New Testament, that therefore the language of the New Testament is Greek. And the Greek word is eulogio. It's where we get the word eulogy. You know what, what that is, don't you? That's what's spoken at the end of a funeral service. And what's a benediction? Because the, bene the Old Testament barak translated means benediction. When do you speak the benediction? Well, in, I grew up in a traditional church, in a Methodist church, and I've got nothing against that. I love the Methodist church. I, I have a passion and hunger that God would open the door back for me to go into the Methodist church and preach the gospel. I have a real desire, because they're at the heart of their, and the foundation of their ministry, they have one of the most incredible anointings waiting to be retapped into. It was the biggest and the best discipleship move of the Spirit ever seen on the planet. That's why they were called Methodists, because John Wesley had an understand how to disciple someone. And I believe it's going to explode again. I truly do. But when I was in the Methodist church, I remember, even as a young boy when I wasn't saved, I didn't understand why we did things. Why did we do them the way we do? And I can remember every time the minister got up in the pulpit and he would say, okay, today, now we're going to sing 234. Let's all stand and sing together. And I wanted, I wanted to shout out, can't I just sit? Why do I have to stand? Why does every, what's the purpose of standing? Is it because our lungs get freer so we can sing with loudness? I can sing loud sitting down. I don't need to sit. Why can't I just sit on the floor? Why do I have to stand up? But they would say it week after week after every hymn, and we would do it. And then they would, at the end of the service, they would say, all stand, please. And we'd all stand again. And then the minister would hold up his hands and say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you and, and, and make his face to shine upon you and give you his peace, you are dismissed. And I'd say, why did they do that? Why did they raise their hands to do that? Why did they say those words every single week? I didn't understand it, but it was called a tradition. It was called a ritual. You know, the difference between a ritual or a tradition and, and a move of the Spirit is that we are doing in the natural what the Spirit did in the spiritual. But we've lost the spiritual, but we've kept the natural thing we did, but no longer do we understand why we do it. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I think many of you heard me tell the this, this silly story. It's, it, it's a fantastic story, but I had just gone back to the Methodist church. I was born again, filled with the Spirit. I didn't know what to do. I just went back to the Methodist church because that's the only church I knew. And when I was in there, all of a sudden, the first Sunday, they began to sing one of the Wesley hymns that I grew up with. But I'd sang it many times. It has a lovely tune. But all of a sudden, I understood the words because I'm born again. I understood the words because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I'm singing the chorus. My chains fell off. My heart was free. And I'm going, yes, yes, yes. I am, I am, I am. And everything inside me is exploding. And I'm singing louder and louder. And of course, the louder I'm singing, the, the quieter everybody else is going because they're a bit ashamed of me, you know? And as I said to you, all of a sudden, I kept singing it, not realizing the organist had stopped. The whole congregation had stopped, but I'm singing, I'm singing with all my heart. And all of a sudden, it was as if I heard an audible voice. It wasn't audible, but it, it felt like it. It was the voice of the devil, or the voice of a demon, saying to me, sit down. You're making a fool of yourself. And in my head, as I'm still singing, I suddenly realize I am the only person standing up. 
And panic hit me. My flesh began to cringe. I'm thinking, oh God, what have I done? I'm embarrassed myself. My parents are going to kill me. Because they're the, you know, my parents were the, the core people of the church. They had to be, didn't they? But I'm standing there and I can remember my spirit rising. Without saying a word. But in my mind, my spirit spoke to that demon. You say that one more time and I'll stick my hand in the air. <laughs> well, like an idiot, he did. So I stuck my hand in the air. My chains fell off. So he said it again. I said, you say it one more time. I'll put both hands up. So I did, because he did it again. So I put my hand Do you know the story? I got up on the pew. The third time, I got up in the pew, standing with both hands and no hymn book in my hand. I'm just singing it from memory. I am worshiping God. Do you know I suddenly realized why people put their hands up? It's an act of adoration. It's an act of adoration. I understood why people stood up. It's because you can't sit down. <laughs> Not because it's a tradition, but because the awe of God is in the room. And the only thing you could... My friend, I've been in meetings where you can't stand up. You have to lie flat on your face. Because your spirit is aware of the holy presence of God. And you hit the deck. So I realized all those traditions had a, a spiritual beginning. And they just lost the spiritual reason. And were doing the traditions. And at the end of every Anglican service, Methodist service, Catholic service, the priest will stand up in traditional churches and they'll pronounce the benediction at the end, which is the blessing. The word benediction is the word blessing. The word blessing is the word benediction. In the Greek, it's the eulogy. It comes at the end. The eulogy is what you say about someone when they've passed away, and you're in a service that's remembering their life, and somebody will stand up and say, Frankie, oh, oh, my God, what a wonderful person. Well, and they wax eloquence on the day of, of his passing away. It's a shame they never did to him to his face. But it's at the end of someone's life. What you're saying is the blessing back over because of the blessing he has been. Because he blessed you, you stood up at the end of his life and pronounced blessing back. Do you see the meaning? Paul, at the beginning of every one of his letters, starts with blessing. And at the end of his letter, he finishes with blessing. He begins with an eulogy. He ends with an eulogy. He begins with a benediction. He ends with a benediction. He's not interested in doing it at the end. He wants to do it all the way through. So he starts with it. He finishes with it. And if you read the Bible, especially if you're going to read the book of Romans, you're going to be blessed. Why? Because he's speaking the blessing over and over and over into you. Look at what he says here in Ephesians 1, verse 3. You are blessed with every blessing. Just carry on down to about verse 19. And if you're not blessed by the end of understanding what the blessing is, you need to start all over again and get your English glasses on or something and begin to read it again. Because if you can get past the first chapter without knowing how blessed you are in Christ, then you, you might as well say to Pastor Ro uh, Rob, Robert, you need to sit me down and give me classes on understanding every verse. Because I'm telling you, you can't read the book of Ephesians without coming out at the beginning, the middle, 
middle and the end, knowing I am blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm the head, not the tail, the above only, not the belief. I'm blessed in my lying down. I'm blessed in my rising up. I'm blessed in my coming. I'm blessed in my going. I'm blessed in the, sh- the field. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the needing trough. I'm blessed in the supermarket. I'm, ble- I'm, I'm blessed so much. I'm blessed to be a blessing. And the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to me. Never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread because I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Woo. Both words refer to the state of being blessed. And it's not about you. It's the stature of the blessing that's in you and on you. And everyone seeing the result of the blessing in you and on you, it's evidenced. And when they bless you back, they're not blessing you. They're not blessing me. When people bless me, they're not blessing me. They're blessing the God in me. Why? I could never do what I'm doing. I couldn't sit at a piano and play. I can hardly play the piano. To sit here in front of public and play the piano is one of the hardest things. I I love to worship. Give me a guitar, yes. And people come up and say, I was so moved when you played the piano. I said, you were? That's a miracle. I felt moved. I felt like moving. I felt like moving off the stool because I feel so vulnerable. I receive it. Amen. Blessing back, bro. Both words translated into English are the words benediction. That's what I want to focus on this morning to bring this to a close. The word benediction, you can tell, is from two Latin words. Benediction. How many of you know what diction is? Yeah, dictionary. Words. Bene means end. The end or the the fullness of words. Jesus is the benediction. Forgive me, this is just doing something to me. I don't know what it is. Jesus is the benediction. He is the end word. But he's also the beginning word. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He benedicts you at the beginning. He benedicts you at the end. He speaks well of you at the beginning. He's still speaking well of you at the end. He spoke the blessing into you at the beginning, and he'll still be blessing you at the end. It doesn't matter what you do in between. If you either receive it or you don't. You either accept it or you don't. You either let it flow or you hinder it. That's the only thing you and I can do. But you can't stop him speaking the blessing over you. Because he has already spoken it. And every time he spoke it into you, his voice inside of you began to come out of you. Every time you worship, every time you talk the word of God, every time you praise, every time you shared your testimony, the blessing of God comes back and you bless him. And so he pours out another blessing. And there's a divine cycle between the spirit realm, between you and the Father. You bless him, he blesses you more. You bless him more because he's blessed you more. And he can't help but bless you more. And if we could ever get into that understanding, it would be the greatest thing that would ever happen to us because we'd understand all we are is a vehicle for Him to bless. And if we just speak over people and we speak over situations and if we, oh my God, over every single day, bless. Can blessing and cursing, salt and pure water come out of the same mouth? Sadly, yes. 
But that's not the way God intended it. Adam, before he sinned, never cursed. Adam never saw a negative thing. He never spoke a negative He never saw an animal and went, God, that looks ugly. He, never ne- he had never one negative thought, never one critical word. He never spoke down on anything or anyone. All he did was bless. Every morning, every afternoon, every night, he would speak the blessing and bless, 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 because he knew he was blessed. And when you know you're blessed, you can't help but want to bless. Because if I know who I am in Christ is blessed, I know you are. And if I know you're blessed, how can I curse? Oh, it's gone. now it's gone quiet. Uh-oh. Hello. I might not agree with you, but I need to shut my mouth. Unless I have a role in your life to speak. But even that can be done. Jesus told me, I told us. Can I just take this off? He's turning me off now. Quickly, Matthew 5. I'm going to read this and then one more verse. Matthew 5, verse 1 says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, who was seated his disciples, and they came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, God, you're a load of dirty fishermen. You never get it right. You always complain. No, he doesn't say that at all. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who persecute it. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you my god he just says blessed 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 you are blessed you are goes on and says you are the salt and you are the light of the earth you're blessed you're blessed to be the salt you're blessed to be the light now be the salt be the light hello no matter what's going wrong and you feel like my god everything's against me no you're blessed Say I'm blessed this morning. No, no, I didn't mean you, me. No, no. Say it. You're blessed. Say I'm blessed. Not me, you. Put your hand there and say you are blessed. With every blessing. Doesn't matter what you're going through, you're blessed. It doesn't matter what they say about you, you're blessed. Doesn't matter what they do to you, you're blessed. It doesn't matter if they criticize you, you're blessed. It doesn't matter if it's the worst sermon you could ever preach on the planet, you're blessed. They thought Paul was a stutterer. They changed their language when he healed everybody in the city. It's not the quality of the words. It's not if the stories are good. It's not if the title's memorable. It's did it work? Did it work? And I'm prophesying to you today, the blessing of the Lord is going to make you rich and add no sorrow to you. I'm telling you today, The blessing of the Lord is going to increase you because that's the meaning of blessing. It means to increase, grow, 
and multiply. I'm going to show you. I'm just going to show you three verses where it shows us this. Oh, wow. Let's finish and close the old covenant in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Let's look at this. This is the last time this word is used in the Old Testament, the old covenant. Look how Malachi is led of the Spirit to use this word. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes. Can I just correct that? It also means bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. When the translators translated it, they, they, they were correct. There's nothing wrong with what they said. But there's another way to say the same thing. What they were trying to say is, in the Hebrew, it's saying, bring the whole tithe. Bring everything. Bring everything that's supposed to be tithed. Bring everything that's supposed to be sacrificed. Bring all the offerings that come under the whole thing of tithes and offerings. Bring it all into the storehouse. You're not bringing all. You're bringing portions. You're bringing a little bit. That's what God's rebuke was to them. You're not bringing the very best. You're bringing the broken. You're bringing the second best, the third best. The you're bringing what you can do without. He says, no, 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 bring me the very best. Because, you, because of what you're doing, you're under a curse. Well, why would God tell them that? Because he doesn't want them under the curse. He wants them under the blessing. Right. And the tithe simply means the first portion. I know the word tenth. I know it's tenth. But it also means the first tenth. The first part. The first portion. The very best. He's asking you, not to bring 10%. He's asking you to bring the very core, very best that you can give him. And he's asking Israel, you come to the place of worship and you say you adore me and you say you're worshiping me and you're saying all these things and yet the offering and the tithe that you're bringing, you're keeping most of it back. You're not bringing the best. You're bringing just a little. You're bringing a bit of you. You've not got your heart in it. You've got your bum on the seat, but you haven't got... Oh, sorry, should say that's the backside. <laughs> you, you may be in here, but you're not giving me your best, are you? You're moved by your emotions, and because you're moved by your emotions, you're not worshiping me. You're not bringing who you And so he's saying, bring the whole thing. Bring everything. Bring 100% in. Well, they couldn't. That's impossible. And that's what he was trying to tell them. Yeah, it is. He says, and because you don't bring the tithes and offerings, you're cursed with a curse. And you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So bring all the tithe, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. What did you first sing this morning? Open up the floodgates. I want to see, open up the heaven. Sorry, I want to see, open up the floodgates. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out, empty out for you such a blessing, such a benediction, such liberal prosperity, such abundance and such bounty. That's the words in the Hebrew. That's what it means. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour it out like a river, Pour it out in you and on you. So you will always have liberal, bountiful, abundant prosperity and blessing. Wow. That there will not be room enough to receive it. That was to contain it. You will not be able to keep it. 
it will just overflow you. Oh my God, there's that liberal again. Wouldn't it be wonderful that you are so full you can't keep it in? Now some of us are. Full of the wrong things and it's looking like it's coming out. It's spreading. <laughs> Hello? But imagine, do you know if you're full of joy, it comes out of your mouth. It comes out in your action. The, your walk is different when you're joyful than when you're sadful. Hello? Can you tell if someone's full of faith? Yeah, I can. His name is Robert Richards. Because when I've been with him, I come out. Even if I went in low in faith, I come out greater in faith. Why? Because that's just, he's full of it. And you Americans are full. You'd have no idea what it's like to live in Wales. You have no idea what it's like to live in Europe. The most miserable continent in the world. <laughs> the most critical. The most poverty-spirited people you can find. Now, that's not everybody. Of course, that's not everybody. But en masse, even the church is ridden with a poverty mentality that you could pour out your whole being and give them everything, see everyone saved, everyone healed, and they say, thank you, $25. And they hope that's going to keep you fed, let alone run a ministry. Poverty-mindedness. I've had people have me for eight days and give me a book, a book on their village. And I thought, oh, thank you very much. That's very nice of you. I'll read that on the plane. And then I find out I didn't get the offering. That was it. That was an offering. I've paid an airfare. I've stayed in the snow. I've preached in a tent for five days, three foot snow outside, freezing cold. It's preaching in an overcoat, a scarf, a hat, and a set of thick gloves for five days to preach the gospel. And what did I get? A book. And now I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying, my God, how can the poverty-minded spirit be so much in the church? And I love coming, especially to Texas. I love coming to America. Why? Because you don't mainly have that poverty spirit. You have a blessing spirit. You have a blessing spirit. You have a poverty. You have a, a prosperity. You have a faith-filled attitude. Even the unsaved have faith. They believe anything. <laughs> they do. They, I'm, no, I meant in the right way. Okay. You can do it, bro. You can do it. Bam, believing with you. Yes, you, you can probably take out the whole world with that TV station of yours. You probably, before you know where you are, my God, I can see you. You'll have your own studio. You'll probably have producers and directors. And that's what Americans are like. You see the Anything is possible to you. Yeah, but I come from a nation, they think the very opposite. They think you're stupid if you believe. Stick to the facts. Get your feet on terra firma. Ah, oh, well, well, that's a bit daydreaming probably. Well, well, we'll see. That's the, that's the best statement you'll get in Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Meaning we'll see if that happens or crashes. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and try me now. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing... Enough for you to receive it. And I, and I, that's the blesser who speaks the blessing, and I will rebuke. That's words. Rebuke is words. I will rebuke. I'll speak and to the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, the, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed. 
For you will be a delightful, valuable, favored land, says the Lord of hosts. Hello? He doesn't say people. He says land. So the blessing can affect the land. The blessing can affect the people. The blessing can affect the land. If you want to go through your Bible and follow this word, you'll find the blessing can bless your business. The blessing can bless your womb. The blessing can bless your children. The blessing can bless your food. The blessing can bless your animals. The blessing can bless everything around you. Because God has made you blessed to speak the blessing. And sometimes while you're praying, God says, just open your mouth and pronounce the blessing. Would you just pronounce the blessing over it and it will work. But sometimes we're trying to rebuke the devil and he says, don't rebuke the devil. I've already rebuked him. I've blessed you. So that shut his mouth. Now listen, God has blessed you with every blessing. The devil has nothing more to say to you. The curse does not operate in your life. The curse has no power to operate in your life. In fact, the other way around, there's so much blessing in you, you can walk to where there is the curse and you can pronounce the blessing and break the curse. Because you're blessed. The blessing destroys the curse, the Bible says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To bless. What for? To break the curse. To destroy the work of the devil. God has done that and has put it within you. Now look, three things. Because of Adam and his sin, Adam was blessed, everything in the garden was blessed, Eve was blessed, but the moment they sinned, they lost the blessing and they came under a curse. And every human being since, and creation itself, has come under a curse of sin and death, all because of Adam and Eve's sin. So everything is now under the curse until Jesus. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he poured out his spirit. How many of you know Jesus was blessed? How many of you know Jesus is God's blessing? Well, he must be. He's the word of God. So the word of God came. He didn't say. He just came and showed the whole world in bodily form. And he walked in and people got healed. People got delivered. Everything that was out of order got put into order. Because the blessing of the Lord was upon him. And even though they didn't understand it, they could tell he was blessed of God. Because of the outpouring of the blessing. And he wanted the outpouring of the blessing to bless. So he stayed in the right place where he needed to be so that the blessing could flow. He only did what the father told him to do and he only said what he could hear the father saying so if you could just do the same if I could just do the same instead of using my mouth for something that God never intended it and just use it for the way he did intend it which is to speak blessing then I'm telling you we would start seeing the miracles that was a real underwhelming response everybody is under the curse of sin and death. The moment a baby is born, my grandson is under the curse of sin and death. The only way he's going to come out of that is the day that he accepts Jesus is Christ and Lord, and he wants him to be a savior, and he will. But somebody will be the person. How can I say it? I often used to preach, life is like a train. It stops at certain points along the journey called stations. And the people on it is everybody in the earth. 
And everybody on the earth is going to the same destiny. It's called hell. You won't go to hell because you sinned. No, you're going to hell because sin is in you. You don't go to hell because you commit murder. No, you're just going to hell because you unbelief. You don't believe. And so the stations are places like churches and crusades, television programs, tracts, gospel preachers who stand at the edge of someone's life and begin to share with them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, it's like as if your hand goes on the door of the train and opens it and says, would you like to get off? That's all you're doing when you're sharing the gospel is giving them the opportunity to get off the train. But it's their choice. God never forces anybody, but he invites them. Come off the train. Come off the train. Get off the train. Get off the train of sin and death and get under and get onto the platform called the blessing of Almighty God. Get onto the platform called salvation and instead of being under the curse, you'll be under the blessing straight away and you will begin to see the blessing work in your life. And I'm telling you now, the body of Christ has got to come to a new level of understanding the blessing of God because we are about to see the outpouring of the spirit of blessing in the church like never before. We're about to see the blessings of God, the richness of God inside of us in every area begin to pour out through the body of Christ as people one after the other begin to be convicted by the Spirit to realize, my God, I am blessed with every blessing to be the blessing. Hello? Are you prospering? Maybe not as prospering as much as you want to prosper or, or could prosper. And today you're going, I want to prosper. I want, I want liberal prosperity, but I'm prospering right now. How many people are saying, I'm prospering? I am. Come on. I am. If you go back to where I began, I'm prospering. On my worst days, I'm prospering. Yeah. Could you take a bit more? Could you take a lot more? Because God is looking for multimillionaires. God is looking for Christian billionaires. God is looking for people who will change the workplace because of his grace and his blessing on there. He is looking for people to become the greatest inventors. He's looking for Christians to become the greatest inventors, the greatest world changers. He's looking for the greatest politicians to come out of the church. He's looking for the people who are willing to remove the curse from planet earth by pronouncing the blessing. He's looking for every born again Christian to say, I didn't save you so you could Stay under the curse. I blessed you with every blessing so that you could get free and see how the work it works in you and therefore preach the gospel and preach with such eloquence and preach with such understanding that the blessing that you know begins to operate in their life. And God wants you to pronounce the blessing over every barren womb, over every barren soil, over every place where there's been a drought and a famine. He wants you to bless your cattle, ranchers, come on. Go out into your field and speak the blessing over your animals. Amen. Bless it over your crops. Bless it over your hands. Everything. Bless your children. Bless your husband. Bless your wife. Bless your mother. Bless your father. Bless yourself. Bless your body. Bless your soul. Bless your mind. Bless your bank account. What are you doing? Pronouncing it fruitful. Telling it to multiply. How do I know that? Let's go to three verses in the New Testament, all one after the other, to finish. Acts chapter 2, 47. 
And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. What did he do? Acts 5, 14. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. What did he do? Ah, increasingly added. Added is one thing. Increasingly added is another. Has the Lord added to this church? Has he? Has he added to this church this year? Well, it's not a, it's not a hard question. It's only a simple question. Yes, no. Yes. Uh, hello, hello. So what does it mean to increasingly add? More. Much more. Much more. No, it doesn't mean multiply. He says increasingly added. You can't change his word. He keeps adding and adding. And the measure of adding goes up. But look in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, 1. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying. Can I tell you God loves it when you're walking in the blessing of addiction? Not the wrong sort of addiction. Adding. When you're in, and he wants you to be increasingly added to. But he wants you to come to a place to you believe. He will multiply it. That no longer will you be adding. I don't know about you, but adding is slow. Multiplying is fast. Hello? The Lord declares to you today, because of your faithfulness in blessing the poor, blessing the widows, in blessing the ministries, in blessing him and blessing one another, the Lord will put a spirit of multiplication upon you. And this year... These doors will double. I'd like somebody right now, go open those doors. Open up, brother. Open those doors. Brothers, open those doors. Somebody go to the front door right now and open those doors. Open them wide. Because God says, day and night, these, day, these doors will stay open to receive the multitudes of the people of the nations who will come into the kingdom of God. God says, as long as these doors are open, I will multiply you. He's not going to add to you. I believe you're going to see a massive increase. And I believe God wants to do that individually. In your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your farms, in your ranches, in your wombs. If there's a barren womb in you today, speak life forevermore to it. Say, be fruitful and multiply because that is the blessings of God. God said at the very beginning the blessing in Genesis chapter 1. Every plant, he said, be blessed, be fruitful, multiply. And then when he chose Adam and Eve, he said, we will make them in our image. And he sent them out. Be blessed and multiply. And he added, and take dominion over all the fish of the sea, over all the birds of the air, over all the land, over all the nations. Take dominion and rule and reign. There's a greater blessing for mankind than there is for the animal world. And God says, I want you to stand up today and not stand up because it's tradition. I want you to raise your hands, not because it's a tradition. I want you to raise your hands up today and stand up in my presence today and receive the truth of the blessing. Because the blessing of the Lord is about to multiply in you and through you. And great shall be the dominion of the Lord over all the works of your hand. And great shall be the multiplication of the gospel coming out of your mouth. People here, you've seen people saved, but you haven't seen many saved. You're about to see many saved. 
And you're about to go to nations you've never been before. You're about to enter places you've never gone to before. You're about to do stuff you've never done before. And people are going to come into this building from places you've never even heard of before. I want you to leave this building this morning when I've finished. And I pronounce the blessing over you. Well, I'm not going to. Pastor Robert's going to do that. But when you leave, bless your house as you walk through the door. Do you know that's what it tells you to do in Deuteronomy? Put your hands on the doorposts and the lintels and call it blessed. What do you, what do you say when you bless? Peace. And peace will be your portion. When I was a baby Christian, my testimony got out there. and Somebody asked me would I go and do a meeting all the way over in the west of Wales, places I'd never been to before. And I went there, and they said, listen, uh, a lady and a husband and wife in our church, they've got a big house, and they, you're going to stay with them. So I said, okay. So I took Matthew, my, my son, with me. He was seven years of age, and we drove all the way. We pick up our little suitcase, and we're walking up the front door. And as we get to the front door, I, I ring the doorbell. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, clearly as can be, said, pronounce my blessing of peace upon the doorpost and the lintel. So I stuck out my hand and verbally, audibly said, in the name of Jesus, I pronounce the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this house and everybody in it. And my little son looks up and he said, what do you do that for, Dad? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but I think we're going to find out. Well, I walked into a storm. I walked into a storm between this elderly couple. And they were so at, f at war. And then the woman with tears running down her face turned to me and says, See when? What do we do? It's like this all the time. So I said, Well, you can stay like that or you can receive the blessing I just brought and pronounced to your house. And they said, What do you mean? So I told them what I did. I said, The Lord told me to do that. So obviously he wants peace in this house. And if you receive it, this thing will stop. And they put their, both put their hands out and said, Bless us. Bless us right now. So I just put my hands on and I said, I bless you. The peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you evermore. That couple are now our closest friends and they've been in ministry for 40 years. Why? The blessing works. The blessing works. When Pastor Robert gets up here to finish this thing and speaks over you, Put your purse, put your wallet, put your checkbook, put cash in your hand. Start saying blessed. Be fruitful and multiply. God wants godly people to handle the wealth of this world. Why? He never intended this world to be in the hands of evil people or sinners. He never meant for every nation to be under the control of ungodly people. He meant this nation to be in the hands of his people. And that doesn't mean Israel. It means his people. People who are his sons and daughters, born of the Spirit of God. He means people all over the world who are Christians, who are truly believers. And it won't happen unless you start accepting and blessed. With every blessing. Some of you need to stand up this morning and put your hands somewhere on your body and say, blessed. And I'm telling you that that curse of sickness and disease has got to shrivel and disappear. Hello? I'm actually asking the Lord, give me the faith to lay hands on bald people. I am. I'm asking the Lord, give me faith. Give me faith. Because it is by faith. Give me faith to truly believe I can lay hands upon bald-headed people
and they will, their hair will grow again. Mine first. <laughs> Why? Because you're supposed to, the Bible says you're supposed to have a full head of hair. It says you're supposed to have 20-20 vision. It says you're supposed to have whatever that is, 20-20 hearing, whatever it is. <laughs> that no disease should be upon you or in you. That none of your children shall be miscarried. That all of your property will be blessed and come under the blessing. That all of your cattle, all, 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 all of your children will be taught of the Lord and your grandchildren. As far as the eye can see, the Bible says. Every blessing that God ever says is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And you received yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You received him into your life. Therefore, you received every blessing that's in him. Amen. How many of you want to multiply? How many of you want your businesses to multiply? How many of you want to see barren wombs filled? Hello? Spiritual barren and physically barren. Yeah? If you can say, do you know, I've never led anybody to Jesus, stick your hand on your womb when Pastor Robert gets up here and speak to that spiritual womb and say, you shall be fruitful and you shall multiply abundantly. Abundantly. Isn't it wonderful? You can have a contract given to you as a businessman. Once a year. Wouldn't it be better if it's 500 a year? Wouldn't it be fantastic? Was it beef you raised? Yeah. Wouldn't it be fantastic for Frankie to go out today? I don't even know what, when cattle do it. I don't know the multiple. Is it once a year sort of job? Cattle reproduce? I don't know. Oh, yeah, once a year? Wouldn't it be fantastic? When, what, what season? What time of year? Oh? Once a year all year round? Okay, I'm not sure how that works, but don't try and explain it, you know. Just look at me. February. February, okay, we'll, we'll go. Imagine if he went out in February. I've never done this before, but every year he's had the same measure of reproduction. But this year he decides to go out and say, Cattle, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are blessed. Be fruitful. And multiply. I'd like to see what happens next February. I'd like to see what happens to his beef. I tell you what, it'll get fat. Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich. Fat. Blessing of the Lord expands you. Makes you grow. Cattle can grow, can't they? Can't they get fatter? Can't they get richer? Hello? The anointing can get increased. Come up here, Pastor Robert. I hope you received something from that today. If you did, if you did, and you're saying, yes, I'm ready. Stand up. Not because it's a tradition, because you're expecting. You're expecting. When he pronounces the benediction, the eulogy, when he speaks the blessing, the word of blessing over your life. Something is going to be released. Something's going to be released in you. Now, it'll only get released if you expect it. Not here, but when you walk through those doors. Right. And you expect it tomorrow morning, and Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. Do you know I learned a long time ago, more happens if you just look around. And somebody says, what are you doing? Looking for where the blessing's coming from. It will come. 
Because God works by expectancy. He's going, look at this boy. Look at this boy. He's expecting to be blessed. When my grandson, Elijah, my other grandson, Jesse, was small, about three years of age, he looked up at me and said, Granddad, can I have an ice cream? So I said, sure. Can I have money for an ice cream? So I said, sure. I put my hand in my pocket, and I had a big pocket full of change. So I don't know what was in there. I just dragged it out like this, and I put it in front of myself to pull out a few coins to give him to cover the money that he would need to get an ice cream. Before I could pull up what I wanted to give him out of my hand, he stuck his hand in there and took the lot. <laughs> and as he's running off, my, my son who's there, his dad, goes, Jesse, no, no, that's too much. You can't, Dad, you can't let him get away with that. I said, why not? Why not? My son can have it. My grandson can have everything. Why can't he? I said, Matthew, if you're not careful, you'll come to God the same way. Just enough for an ice cream. When God's hand is out and says, what do you want? Oh, come on, everyone. Come on, everyone. His hand is out. What is it that you want? It's there. It's there. It's already paid for. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. That's what the whole thing is about. You just take it. Take it. Will you take it this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so this is, this is what I want to ask you to do, okay, because this is not truly the benediction of closing the service, because we want to take up an offering for Pastor Wynn. But I want you to, I want, as he said, because there's a blessing coming, you may need a blessing in your body this morning, you may need a blessing in your checkbook this morning, you may need a blessing in your marriage this morning, you may need a, you know, wherever the blessing is, that's what you need to grab hold of right there, okay, so... So don't just do it by faith. If you're, you know, if your stomach's hurting, put your hands on your stomach for this blessing. If you're, you need blessing in your checkbook, get your checkbook in your hand. Do something physically, because I'm going to speak this, and I guarantee you God's going to start moving in that area. Okay. So take a moment, grab what you need, get ready, get get. You know, maybe you need to talk to your husband, wife, whatever, and say, hey, hey, what are we, what are we standing here? What do we want blessed first? Okay. So here we go. Are you ready? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the blessing of God. I speak over this congregation the blessing of God. I declare right now that those that need faith, their faith, Lord God, is blessed in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that the good hand, according to Nehemiah 2 and 8, of God is upon us, and they're blessed in their finances, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. That there is a wild, abundant blessing coming in their finances in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that their bodies function in total perfection, that God, you created them to function. I declare, Lord God, that our eyes see, our ears hear, Lord God, and our organs function like they're supposed to function in the name of Jesus, because we are blessed. I declare, Lord God, that the curse is not upon us, and what God has blessed, there is nothing. No devil in hell, no demon, Lord God, nor no man can curse in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, that our relationships are blessed. I declare that there is peace in our lives. I declare that we are blessed to be blessings, so therefore, Lord, we have peace in our lives. We have grace in our lives. We have mercy in our lives to bless others. Amen. Lord, I declare that we are blessed with a generous spirit. That, Lord God, we are generous, and we thank generously at all times, Lord. We're generous with our love. 
I declare, Lord God, that we are blessed to be lovers of humanity, winners of souls. Reach out, Lord God, to people and let those doors do stay open and let this house be full, Lord God, of people that are hungry for you. Lord, I declare the blessing of God over us in each and every aspect of our lives. I declare our minds are blessed. Lord God, we think things that nobody's ever thought about. We invent things that no one's everybody's ever thought about. Lord, because you create us and you bless us to be a blessing. Lord, I declare that we are an encouragement around this world. Everywhere we go and all over the broadcast and all over the things that we touch, Lord, we are, this church is a blessing around the world to people, Lord. That it will be said, Lord, that truly is a Macedonian church. That truly is a church that gives, gives and gives. So, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for the blessing of God upon these people, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now say, I'm blessed. blessed. Yes, you are. So now, let's take up an offering. Ushers, help me. Now, look, I want to do this for you. I know some of you, you didn't know about uh, the, the cards to create, to, to take away any confusion, he has 195 on here. But if you see the little sign in the front of it, that's the sterling pound, not a dollar. So that equates to $250. All right? The sterling pound at 195 You can give him $195. You can give him $20. That's up to you. But to make it easy for him, you don't want to give him any the money. Because he can't get it back and it's hard to transfer stuff like that. And we make a monthly deposit to uh, their ministry every month. So what I want to just tell you is if this is something you want to do to start reaching out, take his card home anyway, pray over their, 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 their ministry. But if you want to give $250 towards winning a disciple uh, every year, well, then you can just do that by putting it in the offering. You can write on it you know, win gospel ministry, whatever, and then we'll just add it to the monthly support we're sending over there anyway. So we don't have to do it today. You can do it any service. Are y'all, does that make sense? Y'all can just follow along that. But take the cards today that are back there and do that. If you want to do that 250 today, then just denote it on your offering. But if you're just going to give it a regular general offering, we'll just get your checkbooks out and, and, uh, and, and bless them this morning. And I want to pray over it. Father, I just thank you. We're a blessing. We want to bless Pastor Wynn. Lord, I just speak over him a blessing and his family and his, every, his wife and all of his children. Lord, I just declare that they are blessed. And Lord, we as a church, are, it's a great joy for us to bless them. So Lord, I thank you for the blessing of God upon them. I thank you that today we are blessed by giving, Lord God, that you're creating miracles, you're creating signs and wonders even in our own life from today that happen in the lives of people that, Lord, it, 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 it changes businesses, changes investments, it changes everything, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now look at the person beside you. Say, I just love to be a blessing. Praise God. I love to be a blessing. I don't like to be a curse. So stand up. Look at that person beside you, around you there and say, man, I can't wait to go bless somebody.
Now take that person's hand beside you. Now, Lord, I just declare right now, as we go out into this world, that's our desire, to be a blessing. And everywhere we go, we're going to be a blessing. And so, Lord, I just thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles this week. Amazing things taking place in our lives. And, Lord, thank you for that brother and sister standing beside us today. And bless them and encourage them this week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord.